Today we're talking about Gigi Allen. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. So is this the uh, the full story of what happened, or is this a different I think incident? it's a different story. He, I mean, he's like infamous for doing nasty shit on stage. Hmm. So our previous mini episode we were talking about Sophia Uresta from Brass Against peeing on stage in that article we mentioned Gigi Allen and the time that he like he took a laxative basically and had shit on stage I think this is a different story and <laughs> I was just looking through like articles that people have sent us and BT uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, sent us a whole bunch of articles. One of them is Gigi Allen's Austin, Texas arrest. So there's a whole bunch of factors at play here. Apparently he was violating probation in Michigan and was arrested like on stage in Texas, I guess I'm getting from this. But, you know, we'll go into the story involving shit. Oh. But right. they usually are. So <laughs> when it comes to Gigi Allen... Yes. You want to just hop into it? Because this is a long article. Okay. Yep. You are listening to Death by Music Podcast. I am Jake. I'm here with uh, Alex and not Cassie because she's out today. And uh, yeah, we're talking about Gigi Allen. Uh, another time that he shit. Apparently it was pretty bad. Now, probably not you know, not, not any worse than the, the previous story, but well, anytime mean, you shit. It's bad news. And it's not in the bathroom. It's bad news. Yes. You ever shit in the woods before? I don't believe so. Anytime that I've been like camping or something, there's always been like a mm. restroom thing. Yeah, like an outhouse or a Out, porta potty. Yeah, yeah. There's always been mm. something. I mean, I've peed outside before, but never just like drop trow and pop a squat there. I've gone very primitive camping before, so I definitely have shit in the woods <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> uh, you just cover it up with some leaves. Just go somewhere where nobody's yeah, going to yeah. walk. You know, don't do it in a path back up against a that tree sense. and like cover it up with some fucking leaves yeah and then let it let the let the bugs have a have a field day there yeah keeps them away from the campsite yeah perfect there you go. it's better than a citronella candle two birds one stone <laughs> okay so no if mosquitoes eat shit that's a good point <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you had some blood in your stool you know can't tell <laughs> i think one reason that i'm scared of doctors or not necessarily scared of them, but the reason why I won't go to a doctor, probably subconsciously, is because when I was in like first grade, I was like spitting up blood, but I didn't really know like what anything was. So I spit in the sink and it, there was blood in it. And then like the teacher or somebody was like, what the fuck? They like called my mom. We went to the hospital. They had to shove, someone had to shove their finger in my butt to make sure that there wasn't blood on my stool. Because if there is, that means my stomach was bleeding. Oh. But it turned out, I just had a fucking nosebleed. So I got a finger shoved in my ass for no fucking reason. <laughs> and well, that memory just recently resurfaced because I had a, a co-worker who was getting a colonoscopy. And I was like, you know, fuck the doctor. Huh. <laughs> All I had was a goddamn nosebleed and I got a finger <laughs> in my ass for it. Like, I'm never fucking, so, I'm never complaining again. <laughs> so what, it bled like the other direction and just not out the front? Like was What do you it, mean? The, well, if you have a nosebleed, it generally it comes out. It goes down your throat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it went down the back way, yeah. the back of your nose instead of out the front. Yeah, and so when I spit. So it wasn't as obvious that it was. Yeah, it didn't come out the, yeah, exactly. It didn't come gotcha. out of my nostril. It came down my throat and I spit into the sink and there was blood in my spit. And they were like, hmm. oh my God, your stomach's bleeding. We have to check your ass now. Oh, <laughs> all right, well. I don't know. Anyways, not sure why I mentioned 
Uh, blood in the stool. Bl- yeah, blood yes, in the stool. Yes, yes, Okay. Anyways, <laughs> let's just fucking forget that. And uh, this is from the Austin Chronicle by Tim Stegel. Huh. Cool name. <laughs> Who's it's reading? Am I reading you. it? Oh, I am. Okay. That's why I'm not reading it yet. Uh, all right. I'll skip that little well, quote there. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll read the quote. The quote says, it says he took a shit on the stage and started throwing it into the crowd, but he was gone before the cops could come and shut him down. And that is a lyric from a song called The Night Gigi Allen Came to Town by Drive-By Truckers. Oh. And now we start the article. Oh, it's in a song. Pocket Fish are men, guitarist. Chris Burns describes February 18th, 1992, the night Provo punk Gigi Allen played the Cavity Club as the most surreal night ever. At the least, it's possibly history's sole instance of a publication, namely the Chronicle, running an arrest report as a live concert review. Hmm. It began noting the rush uh, fleeing out of the cavity's entrance. Hmm. Sounds a whole lot like Good choice of words. Uh, Then the nude white male on stage and defecating. So Uh, they actually ran away because, oh, this might be the same story. They ran away because the shit smells so bad. Yeah, but I think he also, they they said he shit in the hallway in the other story. Hmm. I don't know. Not sure of that. Read more. Yeah. So, quote, uh, the crowd was running away from the stage gasping and covering their faces the austin police department uh, report continued i saw an arm holding a spray canister above the crowd's head uh, head as it appeared that a member of the crowd was spraying the mace i thought it would be air freshener but i'm like who brings air freshener yeah who's got that can of lysol with them (laughs) i mean you 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 know what you're at a punk concert it probably smells bad just a bunch of sweaty dudes yeah uh i advised dispatch via radio I need additional units to disperse the crowd. I noted a white male on uh, on the bandstand was nude and staggering around the stage, bleeding from the forehead. A typical night for the shock rocker born Jesus Christ Allen. Uh, cool. Is that his real name? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah, a typical night for the shock rocker born Jesus Christ Allen on August 29th, 1956 in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Uh, He and his band, The Murder Junkies, managed a nearly 25-minute performance. Wow, that's a record for a punk band. Yeah. Uh, That's several... That's almost 10 minutes more than the the Ramones. Ramones. (laughs) 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 And unlike the drive-by trucker's country weeper account of Allen's 1991 Memphis gig, he didn't escape before APD officers shut it down. You know... I heard about Gigi over the years. Iggy Pop, who knew a thing or two about transgressive showmanship, drawled in, uh, drawled with a smirk ten years later in a conference room at Virgin Records New York offices. Every now and again, I'd hear about these guys who wanted to out Iggy Iggy, he continued. First it was Gigi, then it was Jimmy Gestapo, then it was some other guy, then another, then this guy pooped on stage, and that guy peed on the audience, on and on. <laughs> But at the end of the day, where's the songs, man? He grinned. That's what I want to know. Alan actually wrote very good songs. He loved pop music. The garage ear. Uh, okay, the garage ear, the better. Brandon Burke, who attended Alan's Cavity gig with bandmates Ryan McDaniel and uh, Chipo Penna, became a fan after picking up several early 45s at Waterloo Records. They're not too bad, he says. I got hooked on those early singles because they're very pop punk uh, experimental. They've got some great hooks. Anybody who played with him knew how talented he was, says Basso, who first became aware of the then-drummer Gigi and his bassist brother Merle Arlen via their mid-70s rock band Malpractice. 
Alan was also possibly an undiagnosed schizophrenic. I interviewed him for Flipside Fanzine in 1987, a piece that triggered a years-long letters column debate. The man I interviewed was Kevin Michael Allen, as his mother renamed him. He was intelligent, well-read, friendly, and on top of business. If you wrote to him, he replied that day. Gigi was the guy on stage throwing shit at the audience, fighting the Yahoo's uh, inevitably turning up, who disbelieved the prevailing stories. Okay, so he had a lot of different names. So he was born Jesus Christ Allen. His mom realized that was a dumb fucking name, renamed him Kevin Michael Allen. And then on stage, you went as Gigi. That's hmm. what I'm. That's what yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's hearing. what it sounds like. Uh, Basso quit the Jabbers once Gigi became the predominant personality off stage. Inevitably, his mm. music's quality declined alongside the musicians as Gigi submerged Kevin. Okay, so his on stage persona basically like took over, is what they're saying. Well, that's not schizophrenia. If that's what the link that they're trying to make. That's disassociative identity disorder. But it's fine. Oh. Because like people, people think schizophrenia is like multiple personality, but that's no, no DID and multiple personality disorder is not really. I don't believe that's a thing anymore. It's disassociative identity. So if you've been yeah. through like something traumatic or like whatever the fuck happens, you stop interacting in life as the person who experienced that thing, and you like basically whether it's intentional or not, ha- create this like different persona that you can pretend that's who you are so you don't have to deal with the traumatic thoughts of right. the other person. And schizophrenia is more the uh, you're hearing voices type of deal, right? Yeah, it's schizophrenia is more like hallucinating, basically, where you're hearing things right. or um, I, I would compare it. Well, because we did that episode on Roki, Roki Erickson and not having you know dealt with anything like that i would say it's probably similar to like doing hallucinogenics and that's why Mm -hmm. people who have that disorder are like specifically not supposed to fuck with lsd because when you're on lsd like you can't tell what's actually happening like you cannot separate reality from what this drug is doing to your mind Mm -hmm. and it's pretty similar to schizophrenia where you can't tell what the fuck is real right I don't think it was too Jekyll and Hyde extremes, Demers Allen's aide de camp Len Colby. He believes the personality shift operated on a sliding scale. If it was just me Allen was dealing with, uh, he'd be super nice. Then if it was me and Merle, he wouldn't be quite as nice. To me, the larger the group got and the more it became people he didn't know well and the kind of drooling, knuckle-dragging, worshipful Gigi fans, the more he became the Gigi persona. Uh, through 1989 collect phone calls I received from Alan increasingly featured talk of plans to die on stage on Halloween. Oh, we mentioned this a long time ago in a mini-episode. No, taking the entire oh, and taking the entire audience with him. That's well, that's a crime. Mm, yeah, uh, of course that performance never happened. Following his arrest for assault with intent to do great bodily harm, uh, less than murder. So just fucking people up without killing them, basically. Mm-hmm. Following what Merle Allen described as a weekend of rough sex in Ann Arbor, Michigan, it ha- that can happen out there. Be careful. Uh, Gigi plea bargained down the fel- uh, felonious assault, ultimately serving time uh, from Christmas Day 1989 to March 26, 1991. The clut calls uh, continued from prison, outlining his plans to build a real underground rock and roll army under his command. Much of this can be found in his cultish and self-aggrandizing 1991 mission statement, the Gigi Allen Manifesto. 
Once free, he toured with the Murder Junkies, a band custom assembled by Brother Merle on bass with drummer Donald Dinosex Sax uh, and guitarist Bill Weber, somebody with a normal name, uh, <laughs> violating probation. Colby's T-shirt company uh, printed the tour merch, leading to road managing and eventually booking the tours. Early 80s maximum rock and roll ads boosted Allen's then $100 guarantee. Damages the clubs frequently obliter uh, obliterated that several times over. Colby instituted contracts netting $500 per night. Damn. It's crazy that, like, this guy's so legendary and he wasn't making any fucking money. Like, that's yeah. nothing. I mean, in the 80s, it's a little bit more than it sounds today. I mean, you can barely... Yeah, but for the level of even infamy still, that this guy has, like, the fact that we are talking about him right now and he was only making 500 tops, like, a night, that's yeah. crazy. And that was probably for the whole band, too, would, would you think, or just him alone? Probably the whole band. Yeah. And then they split it between them. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, a small-ass band can get two grand easy for mm -hmm. a show. I mean, if they're, like, regionally touring. Right. Uh, the maximum we ever charged was $5, says, uh, says Wagner. And we never paid guarantees, Carney says Alan's cavity deal. Was half the door, bring your own mic, and good luck. For weeks, rumors spread organically that Alan was coming alongside uh, flyers revealing no venue. Wagner says he uh, says they spent weeks pre uh, prepping the club, ensuring that there was nothing either performer nor audience could hurl that was shatterable and possibly harmful. Wow. He also moved his pickup truck out of the back of the club, leaving a surely necessary clear escape path to the alley. That's crazy. They have to do that much prep work for one of his shows. Right. <laughs> Surprised the police even booked him. Right. I told the venues no potential projectiles, says Colby. Uh, Colby. No pool, cues, balls, no framed artwork, chairs, glasses, bottles, etc. That was uh, stipulated in the contract. Meatheads round town chuckled. Hey, Gigi Allen's playing. Let's go beat him up. Many apparently disbelieved the widely circulated stories about his performances. I thought maybe it was just performance art, uh, says local drummer Lisa Cameron. Her then-band three-day stubble opened the Murder Junkies Houston show the night before. Houston PD Vice Squad officers visited Allen earlier, emphasizing a zero-tolerance policy towards his shenanigans. He played a full, if subdued, set, can chili pulled out of his bikini underwear, replacing the poop. Well, that's about the same thing, just pre-poop. Yeah, but I, I could appreciate warm butt-crack chili over poop. I hate them both. I think I hate poop more than beans, though. But like I said, beans is just pre-poop. <laughs> it's undigested poop. Burns says all were scared. The briefcase Alan plopped on front of Foyer's bar was wired to explode with all the rumors of his mass suicide plans. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't go to one of his shows after that came out. No. Between set opener, bite at you scum, and the climactic uh, expose yourself to kids, the murder junkies managed a taut, controlled 24 minutes, 51 seconds, of the powerful Stooges, Dead Boys-style punk it, uh, and roll they did best. The singer entered losing the flasher coat within the first few bars the bikini panties uh, disposed of before the second tune. So he's just naked? Apparently, uh, with his shaved head and goatee, Alan stomping around and graceless gyrations re uh, resembles what Burke calls a demonic version of this CGI <laughs> dancing baby from Allie McBeal. <laughs> hmm. Uh, the first dump hit the stage before the fourth number. There the was crowd more than one dump? 
Well, yeah, I guess so. The, wow. the first one. The crowd pushed up against the stage, backed away, not before Alan ground his micro penis into some poor punter's face. During a mid-set dirge, uh, someone stage dove, wrestling with Alan before removal by security. The performer jumped off stage, tussling with two more audience members and chasing others out uh, the front entrance. Then he exercised more crowd control. I had a friend named Courtney who had a broken ankle, says Cameron. She was standing next to the door, which was pretty close to the stage. It was pretty packed, and we stood at the back, and Gigi Allen went over to the side where Courtney was and pushed her down. What the fuck? He took her crutch and started swinging it back and forth like an axe, moving steadily towards the back of the room. Wow. He hit Ryan McDaniel, says Cheapo Penna, Burke filming from an alcove and narrowly uh, evading a huge blob of shit seconds before, uh, says he attempted to clean out the gash uh, in his bandmate's forehead in the cavity's notoriously filthy bathrooms as the crowd ran to the rear exit. Well, they got what they came for, I guess. Right. He just mowed everybody out, and there was this big pile up at the back, says Cameron. Back on stage, Alan called for Be My Fucking Whore. Uh, rubbing the mic in his shit-slimed butt crack before smashing it into his forehead. This guy's got some issues. Then he made. Uh, then the mace came out. APD entered as the crowd ran out the front. Weber walked off stage with guitar cases, and Alan pulled his trench coat back on. It was a very foggy evening, recalls Burns, outside the cavity now. Uh, there's this haze over everything, and the police cars lined up and down Red River. The police beacons were spinning in the fog. This one punk rock guy was running up to all the cop cars, and he was peeing on the handles. <laughs> uh, an ambulance rolls up uh, on the street, and the show is over by this point. The EMTs and the cops takes, take Gigi out and put him into the ambulance like it was his private limo or something, and he rolls off. What the fuck? It was very cinematic. As Alan was taken to Backenridge Hospital to tend his self-induced, uh, self-inflicted injuries, a concert goer named James Michael Harper informed the arresting officer he wished to press assault charges. I wonder which guy this was. Right. Harper stated he was in the crowd when the band member that was nude threw feces at him, striking him in the head. Allen was found to have a warrant for his arrest to revoke probation out of Flint, Michigan. It continues, after Allen received treatment for his injuries, I transported him. I transported Allen to Central Booking, which he was booked in on the warrant. We were expecting him to be released, but found out Michigan had declared him in violations of his probation, says Colby. It was probably the public uh, publicity from the arrest in Orlando that got him in trouble. It was covered by the local Fox affiliate. Uh, and seems to have been picked up by other media. There were reporters waiting for Gigi when we got to the venue in Atlanta. So the Cavity Club bust was uh, the end of the tour, he signs. There were a few more shows booked. I think the next was the Outhouse in Lawrence. Uh, you know, that would have been an appropriate place to, to end the... The, the Outhouse? The, the, yeah, the Just Outhouse. Shit, yeah. Fling shit on people on stage? Uh, yeah, and he. Uh, I don't remember the others, he says. Back at the Cavity, which shit could also come out of, so mm -hmm. either one, really. Uh, back at the Cavity, Jimmy Bradshaw got after the club interior with bleach, uh, rubber gloves, and a mop. Alan's uh, soiled bikini briefs were hung out on the wall with a, a price tag of $50. Hmm. <laughs> Alan periodically called Carney, collected from the uh, Michigan prison, wanting to return. He thought that was a good show? I guess so. <laughs> I told him he was always welcome, he says, and uh, it would always be the same deal. Uh, half the door and bring your own mic. Yeah, because he shoved the mic in his right. shit. Right, yeah, you definitely 
need to have your own mic for that. <laughs> uh, when the Murder Junkies returned to Austin uh, May 18th, 1993, after finishing Alan's sentence, the cavity was gone. Aww. The show was booked at a short-lived venue called Fifth Street Warehouse downstairs from the recently opened Sweatbox Studios. You'd probably enjoy that one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, while a rowdy show, it was nowhere near the February 18th, uh, 1992 blowout blowout indeed alan apparently remembered his original touring game plan play the show drop the mic on the last note get into the van and get out of town before the cops show up he had no such luck at this final show over two months later at the gas station in manhattan uh stopped after two songs by the nypd alan was found dead the following oh Alan was found dead the following morning, June 8, uh, 28, 1993, of a heroin overdose. The Cavity Show was one of the rare times Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies played a full set, complete with 100-proof blood and flying feces showmanship. It's one of those legendary gigs you cannot believe everyone claiming to have been there actually attended. Those who did have it burned into their cerebral cortexes forever. It was the craziest, most punk rock show I've ever been to in my life, concludes Burns. If that's punk rock, I'm glad to not be a part I, of it. Yeah, I don't want it. What the fuck? It's already bad enough being at a show and everybody's rowdy and it's just a bunch of sweaty dudes. But yeah. then you got a, like a naked dude with a micro penis and a, and he's shitting out all, everywhere. And Honestly, I draw the line at micro penis. If anybody right. at the show has a micro penis, I'm not fucking going. <laughs> well, fuck you'll that. have to do an inspection when you get there. Like get everybody to line up. It's like, and if you got a micro penis, I'm Drop out. Trial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's like swinging the fucking crutch at people too. It was just this crippled girl yeah, just fucking he, yeah, trying he knocks to mind down her own the crippled business. Gr- uh, crippled girl and steals her crutch, and yeah, <laughs> gashes in the forehead. I don't know. It doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't sound fun to me. No, not remotely. Not even entertaining in any sort of way. Yeah, just to have something to talk about. Like, yeah, I, honestly, you could just go out in the, in the parking lot and just beat each other up, and, and that could yeah, have been the show. Really, shit on your friends and then talk about that. Yeah. You won't do it. You won't fucking do it. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like, to me, <laughs> it seems like everybody knows this guy is severely mentally ill and they're just letting him go off the rails because they find it entertaining. Uh, nobody knew anything about mental illness back then. Yeah, the 80s. I guess. It's just like, it seems very exploitative to me. Like, yeah. instead of referring him to a treatment center where he could get help for whatever sort of shit he's got going on, they're like, give him a microphone, let him shit himself on stage. Haha, <laughs> wasn't yeah, that no, so that's... fun and funny? It just seems like a little bit fucked up. Like he, what he needed was help. I I bet you they they those programs were few and far between back yeah. then. So yeah, <laughs> there yeah, probably for wasn't sure. much. Uh, if anything, they would have put him in a sanitarium somewhere. Yeah. Even though those were kind of on the I think decline, they closed but... around like the '60s or yeah, something. Yeah, they right? they started. There are still a few around, but you know nothing <sighs> like it used to be. But yeah. That probably would have been his only option. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, what a weird fucking story. I didn't expect that to take the turns that it did. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have some suggestions for us, feel free to email us at deathbypodcastteam at gmail.com. And thanks, BT, for sending that one in. What a journey. Um, When is this coming out? I think it'll be, let's see, boop, boop, still August. Fuck Yeah. That means you have time to get up to our Patreon and check out our second episode of the month. Our first one, I don't fucking remember what it was, but it was good. We enjoyed it. (laughs) And it's only $5 a month to hop on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Death by Podcast Team. 
you get two extra episodes a month. We're about to do one on songwriting credits. Um, and yeah, fun stuff on the horizon. Join the Facebook group. It is Death by Music Podcast fans on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Shit on yourself and the privacy of your own home. Yes. And take pictures. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> send them to Cassie. Don't send, send them to Cassie, please. Uh, thank you. Recipes. Later. Death by Music podcast is written and produced by Victoria Motler, Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.